You can't intrude on my sermon, Rob. As I told a lady yesterday at conference, uh, Lisa Smart actually said she might be able to stay over this weekend for the first time, and she might come hear me preach, and she was looking forward to that. And I said, I said, well, I don't preach on the day after women's conference. She looked kind of funny, and I said, all I do is repeat Deb Houston stories and tell Lisa Smart jokes. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, that would be probably better than what I've prepared because the women have been richly uh, fed and entertained this weekend. Um, but I do want to recap a little bit about conference. Uh, I tend to do that a little bit each year and some more than others. Uh, I recap for a couple reasons. Uh, first, because it's kind of fun just to look back at what happened uh, to kind of take a breath after all of it, and those that have been involved are so busy with everything they're doing that uh, to see it in the big picture is kind of fun. Uh, secondly, over half of you are genetically disallowed from participating. Uh, you don't get to see what goes on, which uh, it's a lesson in itself just to see what happens and how our, uh, what our women produced there and what happens from it. And the third reason is there's some really good lessons in women's conference every year, what uh, happens and why, and that's what I want to finish up with today. But first, uh, I thought we'd take kind of a quick tour through uh, women's conference. Uh, on Friday of the, the beginning of conference, the newspaper that morning, if you pulled up the to-go section and wondered what was going on in Wichita. Uh, that to-go section would tell you that uh, Steve Miller Band is coming and Chicago's coming to town and this entertainment and that entertainment. But at the uh, very top of what's happening today and Saturday, Women Walking with God at Hartman Arena. Uh, a little different than it was nine years ago when we started. Uh, we started here and filled this building up pretty quickly. I think after the third year, we had sellouts every year and had to quit selling tickets for two or three months before the conference. So last year, the management team moved the conference to Beach Activity Center, which worked pretty well and got us, uh, enabled us to put some more women in, got up to 1,200 women. Uh, and this year, we assumed the demand was there, and it was, and uh, the ladies moved to Hartman Arena. And not the whole arena, but part of it. And we'll show you that in just a moment. Uh, but I don't know how you transform a football arena into a intimate women's conference atmosphere. But our women pretty well did that. Uh, you walked in the front entrance and you were greeted by hope and all kinds of nautical themes. You walked through the next door and uh, were greeted by a huge lighthouse. Uh, I don't know how tall that was, Ted, but it was tall, eight or ten feet. Okay. It was, it was impressive. And I saw a lot of women just stop in awe at what, what was there. Uh, the treasure chest and hope and uh, all the treasures of hope were around every corner. And when you get close enough to look down into the bowl of the arena, uh, you saw something completely different than the church building or the beach activity center. 
Uh, the women themed everything for the uh, nautical concept of the anchors and the hope. Uh, the cafe where they gave away for donations all kinds of treats and coffee and the Cokes and all that was the Starfish Court. And I forget what the other one, Starfish Cove, I forget what the other one was. Uh, I, I took my camera along and I got there a little early so I just thought I'd show you what had been prepared uh, the boutique was completely full of all kinds of T-shirts and merchandise and keepsakes and was busy all weekend. Uh, the vendors were set up to uh, display their wares and help women grow in their walk. This is the Eternal Threads booth that uh, helps women internationally. Uh, the speakers had their displays out so they could provide things that would help women grow in Christ. The media, the whole media room, servers and all kinds of duplicators and stuff have been moved from this building to the arena and set up. Larry and his crew had that ready to go. Uh, and, of course, even the bathrooms were decorated uh, with the Hope and <laughs> Anchor theme. Uh, I think this was a men's room I checked in, actually, but uh, they, they were all decorated and they all belonged to the women for the weekend. There were a few challenges in the arena few different things in an arena that's built for what arenas are built for. For instance, the speaker's room was the Hartmore Club, which is short for a bar. Uh, the, the speakers were put in the bar and had lots of red velvet cushions and all of that, but our women can do all sorts of things. They, they transformed the bar into a place of hope. Uh, I'm not sure what they did with the wine, but that wine rack up there was empty. Uh, and it <laughs> they, they did that before I got there. It was, it was a place of hope, I'm telling you. And every place you turned, there was every kind of chocolate and treat and whatever our speaker might desire. Uh, and they don't just put candy out. Now, men, you get, I'm showing this to the men so you know what goes on. Uh, women don't just put a bowl of candy out. Uh, this is three different kinds of candy in WWG and then three more kinds of candy in God. Uh, and that so intrigued me that I went back later just to see what was the best seller. And the middle W, <laughs> they emptied that one out. So I, I don't even know what was in there, but they liked it. Um, by that time, people were there, the place was filling up, ready to go, so Tammy gave some of our speakers their final instructions, and Archie started warming the crowd up with some singing. Uh, Archie was on a little bigger stage this year than previously. Uh, all the speakers were, of course. It was an arena event, of course, and they took right to it. The MCs, Kristen and Amy, came out. Uh, the skitsy chicks were here for the first year and did a lot of skits that the, the women enjoyed. Deb Houston was back uh, speaking about her life growing up and uh, the hope that she didn't have and now has. Uh, Heather led congregational singing in between all the things. Lisa Smart came out and uh, cracked everybody up like she always does. Um... Uh, Lisa gave away a styrofoam cooler, <laughs> believe it or not. That's where I got the idea for a door prize. Uh, 
anyhow, the women loved it. It was a performance from start to finish, and it was great. Every once in a while, they'd take a break. And this isn't a very good picture because it's hard to take a picture in there. But uh, in most places, in this building and beach and everywhere, this is a frightening sight. Uh, over 1,300 women headed for the restroom. That has been scary in years past, uh, but this year there were plenty of restrooms. Uh, all the men's were converted over and reserved for the women, too, and uh, I don't think any of them had problem finding one this year. It was, uh, you get enough bathrooms for 7,000 people, it works pretty good. So uh, that was an improvement by a long shot. Uh, you get a few other things besides extra bathrooms with an arena. And a few of them are kind of comical. For instance, our women were well warned that before they went home, uh, so they would have absolutely no trouble on the way home. You, you get those things with an arena, but it, it worked fine. Uh, while our women are taking a break, the men in black are still operating and making things happen. Uh, the media team, as soon as the first speaker is done, starts duplicating CDs so that the women can pick them up on their way out the door at the end of the conference. Uh, this is hard to find, but I found that there's an interview room uh, way in the back where a crack team of reporters and videographers interview all our speakers and a few other people uh, to make promotional materials for next year. This is Linda Smith being interviewed. Uh, I was in there for part of that interview, and she said some really nice things about uh, our women and, and our men, too, uh, who made this happen. Uh, but uh, Drew and Carol, in particular, take care of that and do a great job. During the break, the women get to visit. Uh, they get to visit. They get to visit with speakers. Uh, they get to take pictures of themselves. Actually, this is a group I have no idea who they are, but I walked past with the camera and they said, Hey, would you take a picture of us? <laughs> so I did and uh, got their email to send it to them. Uh, there's a few fun things to do. Uh, some more outgoing folks take kind of special pictures. Uh, <laughs> and some just take family pictures and uh, we try to get most of the speakers uh, pictured, people visit and stop and talk to people they hadn't seen in a year. Uh, people meet new people and visit. Uh, families get together for a picture and uh, celebrate their time together. So lots of stuff happens during their breaks. Uh, backstage, there's a whole lot happening backstage. Uh, behind the curtain, as Hebrews said there, but I don't think it was talking about this. But uh, Ryan Cuchero and his sound team are back there uh, with all sorts of equipment, making everything function fine. As always, Loretta pretty much does everything and takes care of it. <laughs> and on Saturday, of course, during the speakers uh, were doing their part, the men in black are getting lunch ready. And once again, over 1,300 women were served in less than 12 minutes, so... Uh, they just keep doing it. Uh, during the rest of the weekend, the speaking parts, uh, Linda took the women to the cross, our own Kathy Berg and uh, Mary from uh, Edmond and the Skitsy Chicks and Linda and, and all of them just continually 
told God's story and uh, told people about hope. So that's what happened. Uh, women walking with God is an amazing event. And uh, I get asked a lot, how in the world does it happen? I get to pick the speakers up at the airport, and uh, the ones that have been here are continually amazed. The ones that are coming for the first time have heard about it and really can't believe it until they've seen it. And on their way home, they tell me that. I I can't believe it. I don't know how anybody does that. Uh, So I thought there's some of the lessons that we could think about this morning. Uh, The answers are actually in the book. Uh, So as far as the sermon part of this, uh, it's pretty easy to find a sermon after women's conference because the principles that make the women's conference possible uh, are right from the book. And they don't just work for a women's conference. They actually work on about anything you get into uh, because God's wisdom is transferable like that. Uh, But the first verse I picked out that tells it, us how it happened is from Nehemiah 4, 6, and that happened back then. You know the story probably. Uh, the people had a mind to work. That's not true everywhere. Uh, there are a lot of places where people don't have the mind to work, or very few people have the mind to work. Uh, Northside has been blessed. We have been richly blessed uh, with people who are willing and they have a mind to work. They want to do something. Uh, for the right reason, and we've been blessed with that at Northside. The other factor that goes with that, 1 Peter 4.10, says everybody should use the spiritual gift that he's received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace. Well, during conference weekend and the 12 months before, of course, uh, lots of folks administer God's grace especially on that weekend, and they do it with the gifts they've been given. Uh, Not everybody can get up and speak uh, to that many people. Not everybody can get up and lead singing in that kind of a situation. Uh, There are some that are excellent at serving in the coffee shop. There are some that are uh, excellent in graphics and preparing the marketing materials and all that that are needed. There are people that are real techy and know how to do all the sound and visual and uh, keep the place operating. Uh, we get experts in retail that know how to run a boutique and provide women with the kind of keepsakes that they, they want. Uh, and all of that comes together all year, but specifically in conference. Uh, and our folks at Northside are not only willing to work, but use the gifts that God has given them. Now, those two by themselves, if you just told people that and turned them loose, they could still get in a lot of trouble because there's some other principles that from the book that make those two things work. Uh, Romans fourteen nineteen. Paul said, let's pursue things which make for peace and the building up of one another. I was talking to one of the speakers on our drive to or from, I forget, uh, but she said something about how much this had probably helped the north side. And I said, oh, you don't know. Uh, you don't know how much this has helped. And we didn't know. When we started, it was 
I think, mainly focused. Uh, we're going to help other people and give people an experience they can't get anywhere else. But our women have done this. They've pursued what makes for peace, and they've built one another up. They've looked for new people uh, to get involved and to grow and to do things that they couldn't before. Uh, in the nine years, that's one of the most impressive things I've seen is people doing things that last year or two years ago or nine years ago, uh, they would have never thought they could do that. Uh, we've grown a lot of people up by following Romans fourteen nineteen, and, and it's not just making our mind up we're going to be peaceful. This, this is supernatural stuff here, folks. Uh, the Holy Spirit is working. Uh, we've had other churches come study the conference and look at it and send even elders up to look at it. And when they get done, they shake their head and say, our women couldn't do that. And the unspoken last word is that they don't know how to work in peace that well. Uh, Northside's been blessed. Ephesians 4.2 is another lesson from conference, I believe. Uh, Paul told the Ephesians to be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Believe it or not, putting on a conference this size is not always smooth. There are a few bumps in the road, shall we say. There are a few things that blow up and go wrong and all that. And when it does, our folks just carry on. Uh, they're humble and gentle and patient, and they bear with one another, and they, they work through it. Uh, that's how this thing happens. Ephesians 5.21 adds to that, uh, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Uh, one of the biggest things or most common things that speakers and entertainers tell me when we're going to the airport and all that is about the men in black. They just can't believe that kind of uh, servant's heart, that servant attitude, that submissive attitude. Uh, they're there to serve. And the, the men in black make it happen and get it done uh, no matter how menial it is or what it is. Uh, if they see something that needs done, they do it. Uh, that, that's what they do is submit and serve. Philippians 4, 6, the last verse I've got for you. Uh, and all of those others without this one probably wouldn't get the job done. God said, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Uh, this conference has been covered by prayer from day one. Uh, that's how the two women that started it thought this thing might work. Uh, I think if you probably tallied up the time, I think they spent more time in prayer than they did actually planning and meeting and figuring things out. And he took care of it. Uh, it's been covered in prayer for nine years. Uh, as I kind of liaison with the management team during the year and uh, they need anything done or questions answered, I try to help them. Every once in a while, I listen to a meeting, and it only happens two or three times a year. But every once in a while, it happens. I'll, I'll hear them start talking about how they can't get this, or they can't. This won't happen, or they can't get this done, or something, and how this is impossible. And 
All that, and I'll say, excuse me just a second. I said, are you confused again? And they say, what? And they, I say, are you confused? Do you think you're running this thing? And that's the answer. Uh, we're not running this thing. Uh, God's got it. He's taking care of it. Uh, he's blessing it the way he wants it blessed. And uh, 99% of the time we remember that. But every once in a while the flesh will come out and we'll think we got to do something. And, of course, we do have to do all the work we talked about, but uh, cover it in prayer, and God will make the great things happen. All right, that's the how. Uh, You've kind of seen what happens at conference. I've told you a little bit about how it happens. Uh, I think there's one bigger question uh, that would be a good one for us to close on this morning. I think the bigger question is why. Why do we do all this? Uh, why do we spend so much time and energy and uh, effort and, uh, and, and all that we do all year here at Northside for this day and a half event? Uh, of course, we're developing people. People are growing. We're a lot closer than we were nine years ago. We're more talented. God has sent us new talent. Uh, I know all of that. But I think there's a bigger why. Let me start out explaining it this way. Uh, I love the conference. I get to go and kind of stand around and watch. Uh, a lot of I wear black shirts, so a lot of the women ask me, "Are you one of the men in black?" And I say, "No, they work. Uh, the, the, the men in black make things happen." Uh, I carry a camera around with me, so I look like I'm doing something. But I'm mainly there because it's so much fun to meet people that I haven't seen in a year. And every once in a while I meet one that hadn't been there for five years or something. Uh, Somebody from the past that finally came to conference or something. But I can stay pretty busy for the whole day and a half just seeing people that I haven't seen before. I look forward to that. Uh, I think that's a small piece probably. Uh, A gathering like this, I guess a little picture of heaven. Uh, It's a little bitty reunion compared to the great big reunion that we're going to have. But I think it probably works pretty much the same way. Uh, I'll go from talking to one person and turn around and there's another one that I haven't seen in a year or two. And it makes for a pretty great weekend. If I've got that expectation, let's call it hope. Of every time I go to the conference, I'm going to meet folks that I'd love to see, that I had not seen in a year or so. If I've got that expectation and that hope, uh, we're starting to figure out why we have this conference. When we started, we had the concept of outreach and reaching into the community. It's been hard in a limited place like this. Uh, my estimation, my guess, and I, I really can't prove it until we look through the registrations and all that, but I really ser- seriously believe that in this crowd the last two days, there was a much higher percentage of women who entered those doors with no hope. I think we did reach them somehow. I'm not sure 
How? I think the, the event and, and all the preparation, the marketing, and I think God took care of most of it. Uh, but I think there was a much higher percentage of folks who came not with just out of church home and not with just out of uh, membership in the Church of Christ or anything like that, but women, really women with no hope. Uh, I think they needed to hear the message, and through our invitations and the women's work and God's providence, a lot of them got there. Uh, and they heard a message of hope. Uh, all of the speakers got to that in their own way, from a different perspective. They all had different backgrounds. Uh, but they got the message across in a great way. They all told the story of God's love. Uh, they all told the story of the meaning of the cross. I happened to stand mainly in one part of the upper concourse, and it was mainly closest to Deb Houston's booth, so I probably saw that booth more than the others as I greeted people. Uh, but Deb Houston was the first speaker, she was the keynote speaker, and she started out on Friday night and told her story of growing up in the drug culture, and her dad was a drug dealer and trained her in the business and all of that, and her husband uh, left her, where she had no hope. And how she found hope in Christ. Uh, great sermon, all of that. But why did we have her here to tell that story? Well, as I stood there for a day and a half watching happenings and greeting people. And seeing her booth real close to me there, I noticed woman after woman come up and would stand about this far away from her booth and just kind of stare at her. And then some of them would get the courage to go up to her. And many times they'd just hug her and not say a word. And some of them would talk to her. Uh, those were women that heard the message of hope for the first time, maybe. Uh, that's why we did all this. That's why we do all this. I think this year worked better than any other year for doing, for accomplishing that. And I know the same thing happened at other booths and other places. And I know some of those folks might be here today. Uh, if so, we've got some folks around here that will share the message of hope with you. And we're glad you've come today. The hope that we talked about at the conference, the hope that we sang about today is an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Uh, I look forward to conference every year uh, so I can see people that I love. I don't know if I'll go to another one or not. Uh, but I know I will go someplace where I'll see folks I haven't seen in a while and that I love. Uh, I've got that hope. It's firm and secure. Whether we never have, never have another conference or I don't live for the next one, uh, I do plan to be with folks that have a common hope. If you're here this morning and can't look forward to that hope, if you don't have that hope, can't look forward to heaven, can't say, I'm going to be there because of what Christ did for me, you can take care of that this morning. I know there's some here this morning that know everything you need to do. You know the message of hope. You know what God planned. You know what Jesus did for you. You know what Jesus asked you to do. 
but you just haven't done it yet. Today would be a great day to do it. If you need to respond in any way, let's go. Let's stand and sing.